Good morning, or evening, whichever it is. Good afternoon. Good to see ya. Good to hear from you. Good to, good to be heard, I guess is a more accurate way to say hello. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a good week. Welcome back to the Funky Soul Podcast. This week I have Alex Cape. He was my old manager with Festival Expressions, but he does a lot more than that. Uh, real quick, get to show dates. Just a reminder, this weekend, this Friday night in Huntsville, Alabama, I'll be at Lone Goose Saloon with my good friend Marcus O'Neill from Festival Expressions. He'll be playing bass with me. Um, that should be fun. Next week, this is not confirmed yet, but I might be August 26th. I might be at Moe's Barbecue in Lakeview here in Birmingham. Uh, I will post more as that gets confirmed. And as I mentioned last week, November 18th, looking forward to Area 54, little Festival Expressions get-together with Will Cash, special guest. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, might be able to secure some sort of a slot at Kukuraco, October 7th through the 9th this fall. I'm looking forward to Kukuraco either way, but I'm really hoping I could get some sort of a slot there. But if not, I'll be there uh, doing the podcast. I want to do like a three-part, three-day kind of a podcast sort of thing there. Uh, I thought it'd be cool to have like campfire jams and interviews with people that are there about what's going on, maybe record a few songs from different sets, you know, if the people are okay with that. But I don't know. I'm kind of winging it, and we'll see how it goes. But for now, I think that's it for the intro. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, I had a great conversation with Alex. I think you'll enjoy it. And yeah, that's it. Here we go. So that's it. We're good to go. I gotta turn this down, man. Oh, a feedback. So yeah, Alex, Kate, how are you? Good, man. Happy thank to you be for, here. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank yeah. you for joining me. I've enjoyed the last hour and a half or so of uh, hanging <laughs> yeah. out and chatting. Yeah, we ended up basically great. doing an entire podcast before the <laughs> podcast started, unfortunately. Uh, we had some great conversation that you guys really missed out on. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, for people listening that don't know who you are, do you want to say just a little bit about kind of where you come from, what you do, and Man. why you're here? <laughs> well, I guess uh, I'm the former manager of Festival Expressions, first and foremost, how we know each other. Um, and a good one at that. We, uh, we had some good times uh, there briefly for the last six, seven months. Um, definitely going to miss the potential of that you know yeah. um but all good things come to an end and new beginnings so yeah. I'm excited for you guys but um yeah just here to hang out and you're also winston rambles manager right i am and i also manage another artist named trey lewis who is a singer songwriter okay. here in town i was gonna ask about that i feel like i've never asked if you have any other clients that yeah. <laughs> we didn't know that. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's another guy I work with, and 
he's super talented and works really hard and wait is he in birmingham or he is yeah um what was his name again trevor trey lewis trey lewis and he's a country guy which is different trey lewis um i was working with winston ramble and they were the only band i was working with at the time and he saw all the stuff on their page and kind of the promotional side of things and all the things they were putting out and wanted to know who was helping them if anyone yeah. was helping him and he seeked me out and I listened to his stuff and just hung out with him a few times and nice. everything clicked so yeah. we started working together cool yeah so just the was it just the three I guess now two it was yeah and there may be two more in the near future but nothing nothing finalized and yeah. I'm not in too big of a hurry I'm more interested in looking at acts and working with acts that i really believe in and can get behind for that longer longer term investment on on both ends it was great with you working with us i mean uh we talked a little bit about this before but i i felt really bad the the timing of when you came into things because things were just kind of starting to unravel by the time you came in and from the outside looking in like you said it didn't appear to be that way no uh, not at all but yeah i think uh at the time some of us were just going in different directions and there was already so much stuff built up that i, I guess we just never really figured out how to deal with and by the time the opportunity came to try and deal with some of it uh, you know josh decided to move to portland and mike got an opportunity to play with cbdb so that's how it goes but you know Maybe oh, I'll man. be your uh, your fourth or fifth client one day, and as a yeah, man. a different name, and uh, I don't know. Look forward to <laughs> doing to keep working with you. If so, I mean, yeah, man, I hate that it was so short lived, but I learned a lot from you guys. You really? know, the band as a whole, I learned a lot about music and about people, and you know, their everybody. You know, everybody has different goals, mm-hmm. and a lot about this business. It's like you know, when you're an artist and you're playing music, you don't you don't get into it because of your commercial viability or because, yeah. you know, you want to make ten thousand dollars a month and you're you've got financial plans. It's it's all about the creativity. And so yeah. there's a point where you ha you create this product and people want you to come and play at their venues or for their festivals and their shows and you're doing all these shows and you've got these opportunities and then at some point it makes sense to bring in someone to help manage and facilitate what you're already bringing in and that's where people like me come in and help you manage the business end of things but also you know try to push you into a mode where you can focus on the creativity and not have to worry about the business end as much yeah Um, that's one mistake i think we made as a band is we spent, I think, two or three years just worrying about the business end when we could have just as easily not, I think. Uh, right. It, 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 it wasn't our skill, I'll say. Because <laughs> when you came along, some things really started coming together. Uh, like I was saying, I was you know finally getting some money, like actually in savings <laughs> <laughs> from playing music. And, you know, things were l- looking like they were really working out. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I you know I've got nothing but good things to say as far as. But your it's tough. And my like what, what we were saying though, it is tough when you have five individuals who have five individual lives, yeah. and everybody 
has their priorities like they should, right. you know, and um, and when you get to a point where you've got one person who needs to do one thing to fulfill those priorities and you've got another person who is contrasting to that mm. and, you know, a number of individuals, not necessarily just one or two yeah. people. Yeah, um, exactly. All different issues. <laughs> the stars really have to align yeah. to move past yeah. know, the point that you guys we're at and the you know there's hurdles at every every different iteration of what mm-hmm. progression the band is at or well, a especially band. i mean when it comes down to even you know where are you gonna live you know some of the most basic things it gets to a point where you have to decide am i gonna technically be homeless and live in a van with a band right or am i gonna set up some kind of home base and live out of there and if so how am I going to cover those expenses? And, you know, the list goes on. But it that was always a big wedge for us as a band because one or two of us at any given point were ready to just, you know, hit the road and sure. live out of a van and not renew the lease, that type of thing. Uh, and the other half of us were gardening and looking at buying a house, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's a little bit of a contrast. Uh especially when it's not just one person, you know, to, to be a little bit specific, me and Kevin, the keyboard player, Kevin McClure, uh, he and I both had a lot more ties than the other guys did. You know, we were looking for a house to potentially buy, and uh, not both of us, but individually, <laughs> uh, separately looking to get houses and had been with girlfriends for a while. And uh, I think some of the other guys were just in different places in their life and, you know, it's crazy the amount of sacrifice that musicians give yeah. to their their art. Yeah. And I think I respect that at the top of where I get, you know, why I want to work with musicians more than, you know, any other sort of business management. You yeah, know? there's I mean, a lot. I mean, a four-hour show is a 12-hour day. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people might not realize it. Like, if it's an out-of-town show especially, you're talking about, like, potentially an entire day of work for you know a hundred bucks at the end of the day <laughs> yeah you know if that uh, sometimes yeah you exactly know? and maybe a room with 10 people in yeah it. And, and if you can continue it i mean shit i i definitely understand why i mean there was certain songs at certain times like i was saying earlier about you know what about devil in you man like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's definitely uh there's times that make it worth it but then you also got to pay the bills and it right i think that's the there has to be some sort of balance there yeah i mean that's the big struggle for any musician is how do you how do you cross that threshold of being able to play music enough to pay for your bills and not have to have a day job so to speak that allows you to play music right uh and the more locked you locked in someone is to whatever that day job is that makes it harder and harder yeah especially if it's a skilled job i mean like kevin you know it took him years to get to where he was as i mean he's a uh I, I'm, I'm gonna say the wrong thing <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> I to feel hear like it. he's kevin's like uh you ever watch friends yeah kevin's like chandler from friends okay. for our band i'm at Just least as that familiar as, with it as far as his job is concerned because no one in the band 
ever really seems to know exactly what it is that Kevin does. We all will like try to tell other people, and then Kevin swoops in and be like, "No, I, I'm a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a radio technician." Or something. Uh, so I don't want to say the wrong words, but yeah, he, he's a radiology technician of some kind. So I mean, he's uh, he's a badass. Yeah, he's yeah. got a badass job. Really smart guy. Had to work really hard to get to where he is. And then on top of that, sacrifice a lot of time to go out of town and play shows and buy a new, you know, five thousand dollar keyboard when it gets fried by you know a power problem during a gig or something. I mean. Yeah, there's everyone's got their own version of whatever type of sacrifice. And, yeah, definitely. But I think that's what's great about like for Mike, uh, he you know all he wanted to do was just hit the road, go 100 percent for music, and he immediately gets that opportunity. So Super happy. I'm for happy him. for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's uh, you know that's a whole new adventure. Yeah. And he's coming kind of thrown to the wolves. I saw mm-hmm. where saw a video online this weekend where he was playing at workout and I was just thinking to myself, man, like being put yeah. into that situation so oh, quickly yeah. is just, you know, it's badass. Do you see, I, I reposted a picture of his on uh, Instagram. He met Jeff Beck, I guess, backstage at, oh, cool. at the workout. I, I assume it was a workout. I saw a picture on his Instagram and it just said, I got to meet the Jeff Beck last night or something like that. And, uh, I just I thought that was badass, so I reposted it, you know. Um, anyway, speaking yeah. of sacrifice, though, those guys have been sacrificing a lot lately. Yeah. In the new iteration of mm-hmm. CBDB, with all the traveling they've been doing, yeah, and going into new markets is not an easy thing to do. No, but they've been all over the place. It, it seems like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a case where you have to do that at some point yeah. to grow and scale. Yeah, and, exactly. And those guys will. Those guys will be well off and better for it for, for mm-hmm. doing that. But Well, and they're probably going to have a lot of fun doing it. You know, getting, oh, definitely. Getting the right people that appreciate what you're doing at the time, uh, that's a big thing. Because it, it can be a lot of fun, but for the wrong person, it can also be hell. <laughs> so Exactly. Once again, it, it comes down to that expectation, yeah. goals, priorities yeah. kind of thing where... God damn it. I don't know if you can, if anybody listening can hear that cricket in the background. That's a strong cricket. Yeah. We've got that's a great, we've got a strong cricket that's been holed up <laughs> in my bathroom down the hall for a few days now. And, that's uh, awesome. He's making some noise. Yeah. I hope that's not picking up on the recording, but if you folks at home, <laughs> if you can hear it, I do apologize for the cricket. We've got you don't hear the dogs. I dealt with the dog problem. <laughs> They're not here no more. I'd much rather hear <laughs> crickets than traffic, though. Yeah. So I don't think that's a bad problem yeah. to have out here. Yeah, and you get used it's to it. It's a great spot, man. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, back to you, Alex. Uh, I know you. Uh, you went to Birmingham Southern. You told us. Uh, kind of a cool story you're the only person I, I i might say this wrong but you're the only person to have a music technology degree yeah it was a program that, yeah they just started it and the school had this like 10 year accounting error where they misplaced 40 million dollars worth of scholarships <laughs> and or I, they doubled down on it so yeah. they were like doubling up people's scholarships yeah. from the government and so they cut like 
five majors and 20 minors. I may be wrong on those numbers, but it was something close to that. A lot of teachers were let go, a lot of programs. New programs were kind of thrown out. But, uh, yeah, I I got a music tech degree there. I didn't learn too much about tech um, (laughs) while I was there. but uh, (laughs) Trying to get that cricket. But I did enjoy, you know, that was that was probably one of the most challenging things I've ever done was get a music degree. Um, yeah. Because when I started, uh, I didn't have any experience reading sheet music. I could play chords on a guitar, no piano, no idea of music theory mm-hmm. at all. And I was walking into a building with all these kids that had been recruited to come to school there yeah. and had been in the band in high school, classically trained with lessons and... Here I was, some asshole walking in, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's great. Oh, it's so loud now that I, I just can't. Know. I'm gonna go deal with them real quick. All right. And uh, anyway, finish your story. I'm listening, but I'm gonna deal with that cricket. <laughs> no, but it was uh, it was it was something where they they told me to that I should probably go try something else, and instead of actually listening to that and going back to the business degree I'd started, um, I took it as a challenge and, um, my GPA sucked, but, um, I always felt like I was holding on for dear life, but once it was done, it was, it was good. You know, it was like something that I was really proud of accomplishing was getting that degree. Yeah. You know, I was, I was way behind everybody else. (laughs) By the time the test came, I was like grasping at the concepts and then, it was time for the next concept. Yeah. And so I really learned how to learn while I was there. And yeah, that was, I know what you mean. That was a really valuable skill set, even though like analyzing a piece of Beethoven's music would not make me a penny. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice to know that I know how to do that. Yeah, and, exactly. And that I, I could learn how to do something if I, if I really try. So it's, it was a music, so you have a degree in music, not music. Yeah, Technology, well, what it's, did I say? that's the concentration, but it's okay. It's a bachelor in the arts of music. Okay, yeah. All right, cool. Whatever. Well, that's cool. And then you, I guess you can say it better than I could. You worked at a, a number of production type jobs before we met, right? And um, you worked with uh, Lane I, at Zydeco. Yeah, most I, I guess most notably, um, yeah, was the production manager at Zydeco for two years um, before I, I left there, even though. I still do a lot of work with those mm-hmm. guys, um, and they've always been great to me. But um, but yeah, that was that was something I did about a year and a half outside of college. Uh, Lane bought the bar and asked me to come up and help him and JJ run it and mm-hmm. do the music promotions and help with the day of show stuff. And uh, but it was good. Blando Man of New York, <laughs> wherever that is. Sorry, turn that on silent. That's awesome. Um, but uh, but yeah, I enjoyed my time there a lot, and I learned a lot, um, yeah. especially about like what to expect professionally out mm-hmm. of a music venue. Zydeco was always really good to its musicians. A lot of pretty, I mean, surprisingly big name acts come through Zydeco. Oh, yeah. And the cool thing about Zydeco is it catches people on the way up and on the way down. Yeah. Which is tough. I mean, it's <laughs> tough for funny. a music venue. That's true. To do that because, yeah. like, you know, there was there were times when I was working there. I mean, Chris Stapleton played there yeah. while I was working there. Um, 
I mean, I could name a ton of acts. Like Bass Nectar, the first time Bass Nectar played there, there were maybe 30 people in the room. Wow. Corey Smith, there were 15 people yeah. in the room. This first show outside the state of Georgia. Yeah. Um, but Zydeco invests in its musicians. You know, it's it's a place where they take pride in giving people a chance. Yeah. And that's cool, man. I mean, yeah. it's... It's really cool to see people in that environment. They were great to us. I mean, I guess... Uh, so, were you at Zydeco when we were first getting started? Uh, like I was still ago? in college, or finishing college when you guys... I remember y'all's first show. Okay. I was actually hosting an open mic night downstairs playing oh, music. Oh, wow. Um, and there were like 300 plus UAB kids yeah. there. Y'all crushed it. And <laughs> that was my first time seeing festival That might have been the first time that we played at Zydeco then. I think so. Yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah. it was. Um, I think um, that might have been one of the only times we got 300 people in that room. <laughs> I don't know, man. You guys were very consistent over yeah. the years there. It was, yeah, it was hard, I, mean, I, I feel like that was probably some sort of home base for you guys. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it kind of went back and forth, but yeah, it was definitely always Still a good water place for and... us. My best memory of Zydeco was the night that we played with uh, John Popper went on tour with can you remember the other band's name? Um, other than Blues Travelers? Yeah, it wasn't. He was like a, a special guest of this other band. I can't remember. It It doesn't matter. Did y'all open for but, them? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we opened for them. and Wasn't it like a country cover band or something? Yeah, it was something. That's... Something strange like that? Yeah, they but just it like was hired like, him as like a hired gun? Yeah, it was like friends yeah. of his or something, though. But yeah, he was like the special lead guy that was with them. And... uh I mean, they were great. They were a good band. But yeah, so John Popper was there, and he arrived right when we were starting. So we didn't get the chance to meet him backstage before we started or it anything like right. that. Yeah. And uh, we're about, I guess we're on our last song. We're playing Save Me. And we get about halfway through it. And meanwhile, unbeknownst to us, Drew, uh, Drew Lormond uh, and Alex Mitchell, who at the time was our manager... We're sitting backstage when John Popper walks in, and they're sitting there shooting the shit, and apparently they're smoking a joint and passing it back and forth, and uh, Alex Mitchell asks John Popper, like, so are you going to get up there and play with them, or what? <laughs> He's, I, you know, I guess he was it was his joint or something, so he was like... That's funny. You know, um, and John Popper was like, well, you think they'd mind? And Drew just said, I, I know for a fact they wouldn't mind. They would <laughs> love it if you walked out there and jammed with them on this song. This is this is probably their last one. It's in G. Uh, and he was like, all right. So we didn't know that that was going on at all. Oh, that's great. And we're halfway through Save Me. It gets to the part where I'm supposed to do a guitar solo. And I look over and realize that John Popper's standing there playing his harmonica. And it was just like, shit. Well, you only get this opportunity once. So I just turned and, you know, started doing like, you know, back and right. forth type of stuff. And uh, it seemed like it, it went by, you know, so fast looking back. It's like, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Because I was still trying to continue the song as planned. You know what I mean? I was oh, still yeah. trying to go into certain parts and listening back. It was like, oh, you should have just like turned down, play rhythm, let John Popper go to town and then come back in with you know, some dueling type of stuff. But yeah, for a minute there, we went back and forth and traded licks. I was like, 
kind of do a lead, I guess, because I would go first and John Popper would match whatever I did on the guitar on his harmonica. Yeah, that's cool. And it was call just, response. It stuff. was just so badass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the night, it was like, well, yeah, that's. That just happened. That just, yeah. <laughs> I've got a. That's um, my peak. <laughs> I've got a, from, or a similar story with Jake Sinninger, who sat in with our band in college for like. I was doing an internship at Workplay, and Umphreys was playing two nights there yeah. in the soundstage. And um, the guy I was interning for, Todd Coder, asked if our band wanted to play um, in the bar after Umphreys. Yeah. And both nights, Jake Sininger came out and wow. played with us. And That's awesome. Oh, it was super cool. And Which, what, what, what instrument does he play? Guitar. He's okay. a lead guitar Okay, player. the lead guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's, insane. I mean, he's, he's sick, really man. I mean, <laughs> I let him take my acoustic guitar and I was playing yeah. keys and I mean, it was, it was just unreal what he was doing on it. And he's a shredder, you know, yeah. he's a super technical oh, yeah. guitar player and he's kind of like a Jimmy Herring-esque dude Yeah, and just can destroy a guitar and not awesome. miss a note, just playing through yeah. the whole time. And that must've been a blast. It was, it was cool, man. He hung yeah. out with us and think he was having a good time and and we were i mean it was the same thing that went yeah. by so quick it was like wait did that just happen actually i just remembered I, I think i saw something online the other day i think blues traveler had to actually cancel or postpone or something their tour right now because i think john popper like had some kind of health issues or something i want to say yeah i mean that's kind of that random but i just doesn't really that. surprise me i too saw much, it the other day but... and it was like oh man like, I met that guy. He was a nice guy. He <laughs> yeah. friended me on Facebook. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. His girlfriend was really nice, too. She, uh, uh, We met them, it turns out, right before he proposed to her. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, like, his girlfriend at the time. And then, like, a week later, we see on Facebook that he proposed. And she got Amanda's number at the time. And, you know, we didn't ever follow through with it. We didn't want to bo- Hey, we're, that, we're the people from that one <laughs> band that yeah. you were nice to. But... No, he was great. He was really nice. He uh he made a post and mentioned the band like later that week. He made like a photo montage on Facebook and specifically mentioned like if you ever get a chance, check out Festival Expressions in Birmingham, you know, and it was like, Thanks, man, that's very that's nice great. Of you, I mean, right? that's a lot more than you typically get oh, out yeah. of when, a headlining when the Tim Reynolds trio opening. played and we opened for them, not only did I not see Tim Reynolds until he had to, basically, uh I mean, I know how it is. He's busy. He's at work. Those opening slots are a roll of the dice, man. But like, I mean, you never know what you're going to get just, from. I was excited to meet Tim Reynolds. He's a great guitar player. I, you know, I just I yeah. respect him as a musician. But I didn't want to bother him unless there was an opportunity to just say, you know, hey, I'm part of the band that's opening for you. I really respect your work. Um, but he just never even looked up from what he was doing. He was just. Let's get the set list together. Can these people get out of here? And you know, let's get on with the show. That was a little disappointing, but you can't blame him. He goes, you know, that was one of fifty shows that month, right. probably for him. I don't, I don't want to assume that he's an asshole just because he didn't want to take the time to talk to some no name. You know, sure. And but, that's we had the same thing happen with uh, Colonel Bruce. We opened for him two nights really? in a row, and we didn't get one word from yeah. him and i know he's not an asshole yeah exactly. and so it's just like one of those things like but if he talked when you've to been every doing that for person. so long <laughs> yeah. and there are some guys that do too yeah. i think it just is that personal preference and maybe mm-hmm. the day you catch them on and 
I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time out on the road and those guys have. Yeah. And so I haven't had that experience to be like, I get where they're coming from. Yeah. But I'm sure like, well, I kind of have a feel for I feel like a lot of people forget like. that they really are people too. And it's not even an issue of like, you know, you're a star and you should at least do this or at least like... You're in the office. They might mm-hmm. have, you know, a, a problem with talking to people that they don't know in public. You know what I mean? Like so mm-hmm. a lot of people get nervous or they get tongue-tied and don't know what to say to people. And just because he's, you know, Colonel Bruce doesn't mean that he's necessarily good at being sociable (laughs) when he doesn't know you know what i mean so he he might be a little introverted in those situations not because he doesn't want to but because he knows he's not good at it even and he doesn't want to you know have an awkward conversation with a fan he's probably had a thousand times yeah you know he might not think he's good at it where does the conversation begin and end yeah you know it's probably the (laughs) same so can i walk off now or yeah (laughs) but yeah uh, Zydeco is a cool spot. Yeah, you know it's got a lot of history there, and I have, uh, you know, the people there are really what make that place great. Mm-hmm. The staff and and the people, the the memories that I have yeah. of the music and and the people that I worked with there is something I'll always appreciate. You know. Yeah, I had a great time at Zydeco. That was always. <laughs> It is a good place. Had a but good feel to it. It's also a place that everybody's thrown up in. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's and it's still there. I say it's a dump, <laughs> but it's a it's a dump that they clean every day. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like disgusting, but it's like it's a nice dump. It's a nice dump. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in the best way possible. Oh man, yeah, some uh, funny stories from Zydeco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember. Yeah, like you said, everyone's thrown up there, so that's that says it all. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of where everybody gets started. Yeah. If you're a musician or a college kid, yeah. it's it's where you make your stamp on yeah. Birmingham and where that that new Paul Simon song uh, wristband. Have you heard that? The wristband, my uh-uh. man, you got to have the wristband. <laughs> it's a it's a song about when you're at a when you're at a gig and you step out for a cigarette and then the door locks behind you and you got to walk around to the front door, but you don't have your wristband on because you're in the band, right? <laughs> right. And the guy at the door is saying, I don't care who you are. You got to have a wristband to get in the door. You know, he's like, I don't need no wristband. My band is on the bandstand. My axe is on the floor, you know? That's great. Uh, it's a cool song, but yeah, for whatever reason, when I hear that song, I think of Zydeco because it kind of has that setup where you can get locked out of the back if, yeah, if it's definitely. not opened Easily. up yet or whatever, you know? and you got to walk around, and then you realize, like, shit, I never put on that wristband. And you, you got to go through the stairs and explain to them, oh, I'm with the band. They're like, oh, I just need your ID. You're like, no, I'm with the band. They just, they don't care. And, and they don't yeah. know. So, yeah. You should listen to that. Yeah, Paul Simon's new album. I think it's called uh, Strange something. I mean, you'll, you'll find it if you look it up. But yeah. it, it's pretty cool. It's not like a, it's kind of a mix of some of the old and some new stuff he's trying out that... He did the one of the songs is actually the the theme song for Horace and Pete. It's a new show that I think it's only online that hmm. Louis C.K. did. If you haven't I like watched Louis. that, you should. Yeah, he's uh, his show Louis on FX was really good, and this just takes it a step further. It's at times it's so realistic. It's both uncomfortable and really impressive. <laughs> uh, the lady, uh, the actress who plays Jackie on Roseanne, the sister, you know, yeah. she's on one episode, um, and it's it's like a ten minute 
continuous, just straight cut, like right up, you know, close on her face. And she goes through this really emotional monologue saying all this stuff. And it's like some of the best acting I've ever seen in anything, you know. And it's wow. on this web series that Louis C.K. made. He's brilliant. That has man. maybe more serious stuff in it than funny stuff. But the funny stuff is really funny and the serious stuff is really serious. Uh, Steve Buscemi, he's in it. Uh, Alan... Aldman? Louis can get kind of dark, man. Yeah. He can go it's, to some dark pretty, places. It's a real dark show. But yeah, look up Horace and Pete. Yeah. Uh, it's dark, check that but out. it's really good. I've never seen a TV show like it. As soon as it opens up, it you feel like you're watching a play. The way that they do the lighting and the way that the... They said that they would film on, I think, like Tuesday and Wednesday, or Wednesday and Thursday, edit on Friday, and he would put it up on his website on Saturday. And they did that for 10 episodes for 10 weeks and made the entire show like that. And it's fantastic. That's it's really killer. good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll anyway, <laughs> back, to, uh, back to what we were talking about. So you were at Zydeco. Uh, you started your own production company, Post Panda Promotions. Yeah. Right? Which is just the name of like, the holding LLC. Okay. You know, so it's, right. it's not necessarily tied yeah, into that by a name basis. For what you basis, do, you don't really have like a public facing... Well, I'm getting started on that. Yeah. Like the brand of my production company, I haven't done any marketing. Everything's been based mm-hmm. on the relationships I have from... Yeah, kind of word of mouth. And... Yeah, from the Zydeco relationships yeah. and from working at Southeastern Attractions, which is where I went in that interim of... Yeah, that was it. To, yeah. um, to now. And Southeastern Attractions, that's a big They have been in the past. They're definitely like it? a boutique middle agency okay. is what I would call them. Not yeah. to take anything away from those guys, but you know they book private events. They do right. some fraternity work, and then they do weddings Okay. primarily. Yeah. I think in the past yeah. they've done some corporate stuff. And, and didn't CBDB used to be signed with them? No, they were actually signed with... East Coast Entertainment, which is where Lane from Zydeco did all his booking out of for quite some time. Um, okay. East but, Coast Entertainment. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And yeah. there's like five or six of those middle agencies, you know, that right. work with local, regional, and national artists to mm-hmm. book bands for private events to act as that talent buyer or yeah. middle agent, however you want to word it, but... Those guys are, I mean, those guys are very integral to a band's yeah, success. Totally. You know, those are the relationships you have to have to pay the bills at the end of the month. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not very lucrative to be playing, you know, bars for a hundred bucks a man. Yeah. <laughs> and it is something you have to do as a musician getting yeah. started, but um, having those private events to really bring things together yeah. and up that monthly nut is good, yeah. is essential to yeah. reinvesting when you start looking at buying vehicles and you know going to record an album and the cost that's involved with operating your band as a company. Mm-hmm. And the money's got to come from somewhere. And so to you're do doing that. that all solo now? Um, as far as the management stuff goes? Yeah, well, and the, yeah. I mean, you have yeah, everything's... some production equipment, and I know you... I've got a partner with with me in the production okay. business, um, but that started on my own, and I brought him in yeah. to, into what I was doing, and he brought some equipment, and 
a whole lot of work yeah. ethic. And it was great for us. I mean, I remember like that one of the last Tuscaloosa frats that you'd booked us. We showed up and there was this big PA system already set up and ready to go, and a stage and you know a sound guy there waiting for us. And I think that was one of the days when you couldn't be there at first or something like that. Right? I, yeah. But. Uh, a lot yeah, of moving it, parts. It was great. With that it was like, stuff. man, this feels very professional. We got a sound guy on a stage waiting on us, ready to go when we got there. So. That's the goal, man. So yeah. that you guys can walk in and you get on stage, you plug your instruments in, you've got somebody there to mix your wedge for you so that you can hear yourself, and yeah. then you just get to focus on playing the show. Yeah. And, you know, I mean. For people who don't. I just realized some people might not know what mix your wedge means. <laughs> There's a speaker on the floor in front of anybody who has vocals or plays an instrument when you're on stage, and that's a monitor, but because it's angled on the side, it's called a wedge, the way right. that it sits. So, Just so that you're not confused for anybody listening. <laughs> right. But not not cheese. Yeah. Setting your levels, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not cheese which is I mean it's that's really important you know having your own although sometimes you need and, cheese yeah there's gotta be cheese <laughs> at the end of the maze yeah. um, but I mean I, I think the doing the production and and managing artists they, they really go hand in hand mm-hmm. and there's a lot of times where the guys that I work with will need something and not have the money to necessarily go out and yeah. rent it if they don't have it and I can slide right in and help facilitate things, which yeah. is which is always great to have that ability to help folks out. Yeah, um, that's got to be fun too. To uh, I mean, the last couple of weeks of you know going through the the band, going through a uh, hiatus or whatever. I don't want to call it hiatus, but splitting up for the time. But you know, for right. lack of a better phrase, I guess uh, it's made me consider. You know, you got to consider your options and alternatives and stuff and. It's definitely made me think about some of the production side of things and how different it must be. I'm I'm curious what it's like to be involved with a band, but not be in the band to do the production side because you're still involved in the music a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of creativity in what I do. Yeah, from a mixing standpoint definitely. during the show, especially I, I mean between you and like what Drew Lorman did. I mean, there's. It's it's a very cool thing to be involved, but not necessarily be the one on stage playing the music. Because there's, you know, it's like a movie. The actors are not the ones who made the movie. There's twice as many people behind the camera doing a whole bunch of work that makes it what it is, you know? Right. But everybody just knows that Robert De Niro won the the Oscar or whatever, you know? Well, it's about capturing the moment, Yeah. you know? I mean, that's, that's what you're doing and... And that's what I like about live audio is that mm-hmm. it's like this raw thing that's happening and there's no way to, you know, really predict exactly what's going to happen, yeah. but you have to be able to react to things. And that's really fun from a mixing standpoint. When you have the right tools and you're able to yeah. do the things that you want creatively, then it can really like enhance, you know, what's happening. Yeah. and. And I, guess, I mean, is mixing live, I assume it's very different than in the studio. I've got experience mixing in a studio setting, but I don't really have, you know, I'm always on the stage, so I'm not <laughs> the sound guy live. Do you, is there, do you notice, do you have to approach it from a different mindset? Um, or is it just room to room? I would say, um, I would say it used to be yeah. for, and, and we're talking not that long ago, 
the majority of folks out there were using analog consoles with nine out of yeah. ten gigs, and now it's so easy to just, bring in a digital console yeah. and tie into somebody else's system. And the digital stuff is so much more like equivalent to the tool set that you get um, in the studio. Right. You can have that all at your fingertips live now. I mean, compression, yeah. EQ, gates. There's all kind of dynamics that you get on every channel, every output bus that really brings the studio feel into the live setting. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even when it comes to like delay and reverb, I mean, it's just endless what you can do with the digital stuff that, you know, when it was analog, you had this outboard gear and you had to bring all of it and then you had to patch it in as inserts yeah. and it was a lot more like manual yeah, labor. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how complicated that analog gear is. If you have, it is, yeah. you know, reverb on a vocal, for example, for, for people who don't, know much about this you would have to have an output on the channel that that vocal was on going into a reverb unit with a cable running all the way over to the reverb unit that's in a big rack of other compressors right. and gear insert cable yeah. through it have your settings set come out of it go back into the mixing board and that's just one person's reverb and that's it that's not even their compression or anything else and when you add up a five-member band and you got four vocals and everyone wants a different mix and different effects and a little more compression or a little delay. Yeah. That's a room full of equipment compared to a single mixing board now with no additional wires. You just connect the mic cables and you're ready to go. Yeah. It's and that amazing. analog stuff was like pan pots and like, yeah. you know, readouts and, you're, yeah. you know, it's dark and you're looking at stuff and you're trying to make sure your ratios are right on your compression and... You can't really see, and then by the time it's you've changed it, then it's on to the next thing, and you've got, yeah. you know, if you have 15 to 30 inputs and you've got to do outboard compression on whatever, <laughs> then all of a sudden there are things you might not use compression yeah. on that, you know, looking back could have probably used compression. Yeah. Um, but it's also changed the way that people use these dynamic settings too, which is really fun and interesting to read about because... You know, there's kind of a thousand ways to be successful, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it all starts with getting a zero level on yeah. every input. And <laughs> yeah. as long as you have that fundamental there, yeah. then the rest is really kind of creative. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I love the digital stuff. And, yeah. and being able to go and mix at shows is something that I really enjoy. And it's gotten to the point now where I've had a few opportunities to mix on some bigger rigs some yeah. line array gear and um some bigger digital consoles and man just like being able to feel the bass yeah. out in the crowd it's like you ride that fader and you're bringing <laughs> it up and it's yeah. you know you can actually feel the music yeah. is is something i've wanted to do for a long time and it's starting to come around and that's got to be a cool feeling yeah. and that's even more studio like you know yeah. when you're absolutely when you're on when you have you know um when you have those bigger systems and you're building a mix from scratch, mm -hmm. um, you have to get every channel is really important versus like in a club when you're catching up to drums or yeah. a lead guitar. Sometimes you're just kind of blending things yeah. versus like on a big stage, you really start from scratch because yeah, there's no stage volume to mix a, with. A sound. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what you do in a studio. I mean, you've got all these individual inputs and Yeah, and in in a live club or something like that, it's really it's not that you're trying to make it sound good, you're just trying to avoid feedback and avoid it sounding bad. Sure. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you it's pretty much assumed you're it's stuck not going to sound things. good if you have, <laughs> you know, right. mixing standards. Uh Yeah, but that's got to be fun on that larger level to be able to really treat it as a, a mix live and you know even like we i i never once had the the need for using uh like panning left and right for anything live everything was always stereo if we were doing it on a smaller stage just because there's no point no one's going to be able to tell anyways <laughs> you know overhead mics are overhead mics are good for for live mixing really you can throw a left and a right on the overhead yeah. and and being able to like put certain things on one side or the other can add some mm-hmm. some clarity and kind of some contrast of what you're yeah. hearing on one side or another can be just another tool yeah. for intelligibility. Yeah, I mean, mixing itself is really an art form. A lot of people don't. Uh, I think maybe they underestimate it. It's there's a lot to whether or not that particular background vocal is on the left side or right side because it's going to affect how you hear it differently depending on which side of the brain maybe hears it and all different, you know, it gets very, uh, into the weeds, but it's definitely an art form. And you were talking about getting to gigs early and how that 12 hour day for a hundred bucks, you know, that's a real thing for musicians. And it's even more so true for the production crew because they've got to be there hours before your sound check starts. And then when you guys get off stage, you're packing up your gear, we're packing up our gear, and, you know, when it comes to some of the, the bigger shows, it yeah. can take hours to do that, and a oh, couple yeah. of guys, and a lot of cables to wrap, man. Yeah. And you really got to love what you're doing to do that part of it. <laughs> exactly. Just like, you know, when you're a musician, you've got to practice and set up for those gigs yeah. like that. It's a grind, for sure. God, the schedule those guys must be on just completely opposite of a normal person you know, dude they i've, go to bed I've started hiring people just to drive me home yeah like from gigs because it, it oh, does yeah. become a safety that was, issue yeah that was a big problem for me in the last couple of years the more that we traveled the more you're forced to either spend all the money you made on accommodations to just get a hotel room or something right um uh, or drive back after you've been awake for you know 22 hours already you know you'd already woken up at six o'clock in the morning gone to work came home packed up the car drove out of town played a show (laughs) it's now 3 30 in the morning and you have to drive two and a half hours back home or spend a hundred dollars to get a hotel room and it that can get exhausting oh dude you know and and nobody around you is any less tired it's not like you can just get someone else to drive everyone's exhausted everyone's had a long day everybody's been in it if you don't have a guy that's just a driver you know that's that's one of those things that is really key is having transportation people you know a, a, a touring band needs a lot of things they don't just pack up their shit and <laughs> no. play a gig because they love it, you know? it yeah. oh yeah it's you got sound guys and people who are just responsible for getting the band food and stuff sometimes i mean there's yeah, a million things that's to kind worry of about full circle to the management stuff because yeah. like that's there's got to be a point where you've got a you know you've got 
so much going on that you need somebody to help facilitate it. And mm-hmm. there's a point where you're doing so much driving that you need someone to help you facilitate it. Yeah. It's kind of like an organic growth thing and yeah. you know when the time is right when you need to bring somebody else exactly. in to do a certain job and that's been one of the things that I had no idea you know that I was getting into mm, when I yeah. started doing management work with folks it's like you know this is this is just the beginning yeah. you know there's there's a long way from where the bands are when I pick them up to having a career in music yeah. you know there's a lot of <laughs> A lot of things that have to happen in between yeah. that being a goal and it being a reality. I guess you got to have that vision to, to see the potential of those bands in the first place to be able to get into that kind of work. Otherwise, you probably could make a lot of bad bets or, you know. Well, I mean, you, there are two things that I really look at is the music, obviously, but yeah. also the connection that it forms with the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't... You can't have any. You can't build a career in music without those two things. Absolutely. You know the the music has to be good. It has to be able to move people, and it has to be able to make that connection where that person is leaving and telling more people about it and bringing them back to the next one. And you know if that's not there, then there's no there's no potential for growth. Exactly. And I don't know the uh, music side or the business side of music sometimes can uh can seem like it may overshadow or stifle the creativeness right and it's not a good thing if uh that's one thing that i i struggle with but uh, i've talked to some some people much wiser than i am and uh they try to reiterate to me that it's everybody's got to make a living you know it's the artist never wants to mix the art form and the business together because they feel like it somehow taints it. But I think if you approach it from an honest perspective and you're just realistic and you have, you know, principles and morals that you're not willing to, to cross that line in the sand, whatever it is, uh, as long as you stick to it, I think you can definitely, you can blend your art with a profitable business and and not feel like you're selling out, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big struggle for me. That's a part of the reason why I started this podcast is trying to I don't know what that middle ground is between selling out and staying true to your art exactly, but uh using technology, I mean this I I feel like podcasts and things similar to them um I think they're definitely a way to get closer to that, to to be able to get your music out there and just have it be all about the art, but you can use social media and all kinds of things to to try to get your name out there. And, you know, if you can make money off of it and not have to spend all that time at another job when you could be putting those eight hours a day towards making more music or more art or whatever it is, uh, everybody wins. You know, everyone enjoys the art being out there and you get to make a living doing something you enjoy so i think it's just about finding that balance and finding the right outlet for whatever your art is and even down to the genre of music you're playing you know are you a festival circuit <laughs> musician yeah. or and are you a jazz guy or whatever everybody's got different agendas yeah you know and it's whether your agenda is a good agenda or a healthy or ethical right. agenda i mean there are plenty of musicians that i know that 
are just in the music business for the party. Yeah. And those are the people that fade the quickest. And and there are plenty of guys on my side of it that take advantage of a lot of musicians yeah. and use people. And, I mean, it's pretty transparent at a certain point. Like, you, you will get a feel for someone after you work with them mm-hmm. if their intentions are good or not. And, yeah. I mean, man... Music to me is such a beautiful thing, and it's been around me now for the last eleven years. It's I've consumed myself yeah. with it, and um, and I think about sometimes I think why am I even doing this? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. last week was an eighty-hour-plus week. I think it was I looked at it, it was like eighty-seven hours. Oh, I was man. working between production and management, and yeah. I mean I went hard in the paint all weekend, and on Sunday afternoon. I got out of running sound at the church and I was just like, man, I've got to go take backline back <laughs> and I've, you know, I've got to go to the, my warehouse. I'm yeah. going to do all this shit. And it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I mean, I love, I love seeing bands do what you guys did. You know, you guys had such a knack for being able to move people and create these dynamic shows where yeah. it wasn't, just like one, two, three, and then you're playing a song, and <laughs> yeah. then that song ends, and the next song begins. I mean, there was there was a lot of like interesting moments where you guys were able to communicate on stage and create this specialness that yeah. if you didn't make it to that show, what were you going to miss out on? That right. FOMO, you know, that fear of missing <laughs> out. Yeah. Like you guys were good at creating yeah. that and people wanted That's what to be made it there. fun for us too. You know, we had the same kind of feeling of, you know, what are you going to miss out on if you don't give the show your all, you know, if you don't, jam that 12th minute on (laughs) that particular song you know you're not gonna find out what happens on the 13th minute it might be gold or uh i think that's what keeps me coming back to doing this stuff yeah and and just keep on grinding it's like a living thing yeah it is and i love it i don't ups and downs i hope i never do anything else Yeah. yeah that's my goal for sure i'm excited to uh get some more gigs going and uh get a couple of projects together and just get back at it yeah i'm pumped to see what you come up with i'm i'm excited about this uh demo cd you've promised me yeah Uh, yeah i'll I'll show you some stuff yeah (laughs) there's some uh some stuff in the works i got working on uh uh some solo stuff i've had for a while uh before the band even started i had a list of acoustic kind of I guess folk music, you might call it, but sort of folk and blues mixed together. Mm. Uh, And I'd always kind of thought I would eventually put out some sort of solo album with that material. But uh, now it's gotten to where I got a lot of other ideas that would work well with other musicians, you know, getting uh, maybe Marcus and Kevin, our bass player and keyboard player from Festival Expressions, getting them to help me with some other guys, maybe just forming a new project. Maybe even just take it one album at a time or one show at a time. That'd be super uh, cool. Kukuraco, I've spoken with Drew Lormand a little bit about trying to reserve Festival Expression spot at Kukuraco so that I'll be there doing production. Nice, nice. I mean, fun. I'm gonna be there one way or the other. I loved Kukuraco. I've been at least once per year since they started doing it again. Uh, 
Those guys are great, man. Yeah, and I, I just I want to support it, and if they'll Good let people. me continue to be a part of it, I'd love to. I mean, I love seeing what uh, Davis Little's doing with the expansion project, and uh, he did some really cool stuff last Kukuraka, if I remember right. I might, I might be thinking of the happening at Trim Tab. He played by himself and did some real yeah. I think he's out done there that. stuff. I think he may have done the first one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, but yeah, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. You know, Little Rain Band's doing great as always. Uh, Winston Ramble and all those guys. But yeah, so I'd like to I'd like to talk to Davis and um, been talking to uh, Davis about doing a like surround sound show at Workplay with Little Rain Band. Oh, that would setting be up like some badass surround sound stuff and yeah. having some trippy weirdness and some creativity That'd from a production standpoint and yeah doing some cool stuff we actually did a show at workplay i think you may have been talking with drew about it. he did the art installation yeah, on it yeah. uh, for a birthday party up there and wasn't that part of uh the like c4 productions or yeah there's Dunbar their, circus or whatever their new called? their new brand yeah that they've come out with uh, they're gonna be cool. this is kind of like unofficial news uh they're gonna be doing November 18th, Area 54 is the theme. So it's Aliens meets 70s Disco. And he, Stuart Dunbar, guy who's kind of started the whole thing, um, they are going to fly Josh back from Oregon, and we're going to do the four of us plus Will Cash, because Mike said that he's not going to be available, apparently, uh, that day. Uh, So we're at least going to have four out of five. Will Cash is cool. Uh, He's great. Or, you know, it might work out that Mike's available or something, whatever. If so, Will Cash could always sit down on on a few songs with us. He has before, and it always sounds great. Yeah, Yeah, he's sick, man. But either way, I'm really excited about that because it'll be – the event itself is going to be awesome, but then having the band – most of the band get to come back and see what all we've been working on and what new songs we might be able to, you know – it together in time for it but that's yes. exciting Stuart so, had told yeah. me about putting another show together in yeah, November so so November that's... 18th I'm excited about that one uh, Area 54 I think I'm getting the name right Studio 54 meets Area 51 so, that's exciting yeah that's gonna be cool it'll be awesome yeah yeah I remember him talking about somebody was asking me about Old Car Heaven and I was just like man yeah I think I mean, that's that place is, is. Yeah. oh is it gonna be at Old Car Heaven I think so yeah I oh, think they're okay. gonna do uh Drew's and his people are going to do like they did at Workplay, and they're going to decorate, you know, the whole thing. I mean, he built, like, Drew built, like, giant wooden caterpillars with oh, smoke dude, coming out yeah, of their mouth. There. It, it, was, it was amazing. It was, it was awesome. Oh, it was, He's such a talented artist, yeah. man, and just so great. creative and cool and nice guy man i'm it always makes me happy to see him yeah he's and he's another person i want to continue to work with and he's helped the band so much in the last few years that i wanted to kind of try to turn the tables on him and uh he's so humble about his art and Mm. you know like he was on the podcast and uh a friend of mine was listening to it and heard him say that he wouldn't call himself an artist he's a manual laborer yeah i like that and my friend michael basically heard that and he was just like i get where he's coming from but he's a goddamn artist all right <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, like look bro. at what he did you know he is an artist whether he likes it or not for so, sure yeah he can't uh, escape that yeah but anyway uh so yeah going back to your current what you're working on right now uh i know you got winston ramble and 
Trey Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got half of it this time. <laughs> uh, and you said you're kind of starting to like brand or try to yeah, expand well, or something. The, so. the production company. Um, I've got a partner, and and we've been operating on word of mouth up until this point. And we still, you know, that's the organic side of thing is still something that we we're barely, we barely have enough gear to facilitate the people that we have relationships yeah. with now. But um, you know, as we grow, it's like you've got to figure out what to do Monday through Thursday yeah. with that stuff, you know? And so we just we just um, got, we just rented a space out on Grants Mill, and it's 1,500 square feet, which is 1,200 square feet more than what we were working with. And <laughs> so yeah. it's, we've got all this space, and we want to put a rehearsal space in there and a control room for mixing live shows yeah. so that when we go out and work with bands – like festival expressions or little rain band guys that we work with a lot uh we can bring them back in with us and sit in a good acoustical environment and mix a live show that sounds great come up with either a live album or something for a digital release but um or a space to come in and practice new ideas and record some pre-production type stuff i'm gonna be hitting you up about that dude come on that's (laughs) up and running it's not gonna be anything crazy but we want to try just having the space available yeah it's there you know just having this like little home studio type of a setup it it takes its toll on the room, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh This is a great spot, man. Yeah. You've, so you've it, done well with it. it. It works for now, but, yeah, as I uh Maybe you can I come do your podcasts to... in our spot. Exactly. Yeah, if you that's, want to. That, that would be great. Have a place to, to do it. You Absolutely. Know? Bring people in and... Yeah, because I really wanted to start doing, um, you know, how, how, like, Joe Rogan and some of the other, the other podcasts do it, where they have a video going at the same time you can listen to the audio or just watch it on youtube that'd be cool too. i'd love to start doing that for people because i mean especially for guests like drew lormand and you know a lot of people do more visual things or uh i don't know i just feel like i've met a lot of people through the band that do so many interesting things Put a face I, to I, a I want voice. yeah i want to figure out a way to highlight them sure uh you know like drew and you and uh, all these other people that are doing such cool things and involved with such cool things but you know how do you how do you let everybody know about that without just constantly posting stuff on Facebook? Basically, <laughs> uh, flying under, man. I I like flying under the radar. Not yeah. that I deserve to be on anybody's radar, but yeah. <laughs> I uh, you know I I um I like being on the radar. Yeah. Well, you're a musician <laughs> I'll too. I'll stay on the radar. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I can be on the radar. But yeah, flying low and getting you guys to be the face of everything yeah. is i mean that's what it's all about it's not yeah. about me it's about you guys and, and that's a what, cool perspective to have too yeah it's, it's cool it's Being, like getting the uh that supporting role it's like the ideal politician you know it's all about the ideas not not their job you right know? they don't want the credit the way it should be yeah that's a good thing i've heard uh, a good quote i've heard recently i can't remember where it was from i wish i could credit it but uh something like uh you will only truly succeed at the things that you do without needing the credit for them. Uh, or people only truly succeed when they do things without needing the credit for it. Sounds uh, like maybe that's an anonymous quote. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it should yeah. be anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. I shouldn't have to credit the person for that one. Yeah. Uh, but I really like that mentality, you know? Just do it because it needs to be done just because you feel it's so. That's why I like nine out of ten sound guys suck. 
because <laughs> they're like it's they make it all about them and yeah. it's just like no nah, yeah, exactly. it's not that's not it yeah and they treat the band like you know, you've never been here before. I run sound for a thousand bands before. They, they don't realize. It makes like, me cringe, man. Well, guess what? We've played at a thousand places before. It's not our first rodeo either, man. Like No. And you guys got to come in, and it's a place where the more comfortable you are and yeah. the happier you are with hearing yourself, then yeah. the better the show is going to be for everybody. The, yeah. the band, the audience, the engineer, the yeah. venue. I mean... Everybody involved is going to have a better day when the sound engineer is actually nice, which oh, yeah. is why we've named our kind of our branding Big Friendly Productions because oh, that's my partner cool. and I, yeah. that's what we pride ourselves on is like this friendly service. Where I like it's that. Like, big Friendly, is that final? Is that that's your final, yeah. Big Friendly Productions. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Do you have a it, Facebook page or Twitter or anything like that for it? We do. Um, I haven't published it yet because yeah. we're rolling out this website. And the website's actually going to be a platform for artists to host their live music oh, on as well. And very cool. So we're, we're going to be posting a lot of free content on there for artists to kind of link into. Yeah. And we're also, if an artist wants to sell their album their live album that we help them make then we'll give them an avenue to sell it as well yeah. and seeing things like nugs.net which got mm-hmm. into that and i mean so much of the business of music right now is on creating content yeah and yeah I've, the live stuff especially that's great i've kind of wondered how i would be able to do this podcast live if ever i had the the need or the opportunity you know if i could uh live stream a show that i'm playing or i guess we could have done this whole thing on uh, facebook live too if you really yeah I've, to. yeah i've thought about facebook live before i just I, I guess i don't have any experience really doing that to to know how to do it but with technology it's gotten to where it's so easy i guess it takes up a lot of battery on your phone yeah that's, that's for sure <laughs> yeah yeah i've done a couple of where I've, I've like wanted to record whole sets and i finally had to yeah. buy like this battery pack for my phone just to be able to make it through whole sets it just eats up so much battery i mean that's what would be so nice about a space like what you're talking about like a studio or uh recording space or you know like you're talking about with the podcast or something being able to have a place where you already have stationary cameras that that's just where they stay and all you gotta do is walk in the door turn on the power to everything and get to work and you don't have to use your all your cell phone battery to record the video to some podcast because you already have three different video cameras mounted on the wall ready to go that's the way to do it you know absolutely and that's so, like we've we're in like awesome that. To see that come together yeah we're I in the that. planning stages right now like we've got the space we're in the space and we've taken our measurements and we have an idea of you know like kind of the price point and mm-hmm how many people we'd have to bring in and what kind of business we'd have to do to justify the amount of money that we're looking right. to spend. And, and where is it, you said? It's off Grants Mill Road. It's in the okay. middle of nowhere, um, which <laughs> well, is great. Yeah, that's it's a good beautiful thing for, rolling yeah. hills all around it. Ooh, yeah. And it used to be a fish hatchery where, like, this dude had a contract uh-huh. with Walmart to produce all of their tropical fish <laughs> for, like, three states. And off, it's just Off Grants massive, Mill? Yeah. <laughs> He was like he was moving fifteen thousand tropical oh fish God. out of this place. Yeah. And so there's like a lot of like water piping everywhere and tons of power run and so it's <laughs> you know, I mean it's it's That's a good hilarious. spot. Um yeah. but he had 
you know, the good fortune of growing his business to the point where Walmart was like, hey, here's three more states for you. Wow. And so he moved to a place in Georgia where he could do 30,000 fish a month. God. Um, <laughs> which I love tropical fish. I never so it's could cool. Yeah. Oh, it was cool too. to kind of see, walk in there yeah. and see this place and go, wow, this is, this is neat, you know. Um, That's awesome. But it'll be fun, man. And I think we're going to try to roll it out in January. Is when oh, cool. We're that's, that's pretty Looking sad. to have it ready to roll. Like six months? Yeah, something like that. we got to awesome. buy all the gear because, like you were saying, like yeah. I don't want to have to move it out and use it for other yeah, things. Exa- yeah, you don't I want it to be your... just used for that. Yeah. And have it done right to where it's not like, you know, you're not walking into a place that floods or mm-hmm. has gear that may or may not work. Yeah. You know, I want it to be something I good quality. Maybe you could like talk to the guys at uh, Tom Sound or places like that and kind yeah, of let know them know. Guys, you know, man, I'm they're good, looking to fill a room dudes. with you know this type of equipment. You know, if you can bundle me some stuff together for any kind of deals, I don't know. I would think that'd be that'd be nice to utilize those connections to get it going and make it happening. Yeah, I like I like those guys over at Tom Sound. Tom oh, is a great. really nice dude, and he's like as genuine as a person yeah. as it really gets. And uh, he's, yeah, it's amazing someone like that a lot can operate too. a business that stays open because he's so honest. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> great. Well, like, I mean, he treats people well. Yeah, and and that's you know when it costs money to train someone mm-hmm. when you when you can keep talent surrounding you yeah. that's you've done something right and it's hard to find good people and he knows how to he's really good at you know creating relationships yeah. and, and maintaining those and he sends me a lot of business he doesn't want really? to go out and lug pa in different places anymore he's kind of past that point yeah um but yeah all good things man i'm really excited about the next year well that's awesome that's really exciting that's and, i mean birmingham is I mean, I you know I mentioned in uh, Josh's podcast that the idea of Portland is very appealing to me too. You know, there's a lot of things to like about it, but man, it's it, Birmingham's looking better and better. You know, it's it is. It's, it's hard definitely on to leave a city sure. like this that's on such an upswing. The Avondale yeah. district and uh, all the stuff with good parts people of Southside and, are getting better. Yeah, yeah, I mean, good people. The breweries are really picking up a lot of stuff, but. Downtown I mean, is insane right now. I mean, now. stuff like what you're talking about. I mean, there's nothing like what you're talking about really in Birmingham. No, um, and I mean, Tom would agree with me if he was sitting in the room, but you know, Tom is definitely the the most affordable place to go. Yeah. And I'm not looking. I'm I'm trying to fit somewhere in the middle of that. Right. Like, I'm not necessarily trying to compete with Tom on, like, his rehearsal space or the studio space that he has. But, yeah. you know, I've got folks that I have relationships with that need a place to go to rehearse. And Mm -hmm. I want to provide them with stuff that may be that next step up from what they would get if they went to Tom's, you know, and, and not in a bad way or like a looking down way at all, just looking across. But so would it be, would it be more like public facing or would you try to have like kind of priority towards your clients? Yeah, sort of definitely. Set, I, I would definitely be looking to work in the bands that I manage. Would obviously yeah. have access to that space for free, mm-hmm. and and that's something that I definitely want to offer those guys right. and a place to kind of give them an outlet for their creativity, yeah. somewhere to capture their ideas and come back and create content, mm-hmm. and and so that works well for those two things being kind of symbiotic. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely will have on. I'll, I'm building a website 
Jason Gwynn from Permagroove is oh, helping cool. me build this just awesome website. Yeah. And he's just totally talented and great at what he does. And um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to try to be getting out there on Google and bringing in some, some new awesome. business. and But taking care of the people that that I want to take care of, That's too. That's awesome. You know. I'm excited to see it all come together. I know you... You mentioned you gotta you gotta be out of here by seven, and it's like seven seventeen. So I don't want to hold you too long, but oh, <laughs> uh, you're good, man. I, I guess this, this is fun. as good a place as any to wrap it up. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't want to keep you all night. So yeah, Thanks thank for you having for coming by. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, enjoyed I enjoyed it. it. Great conversation, especially the, full, the first uh, hour and a half. Yeah, was great yeah, the first too. couple. Of, I mean, you guys should have heard it. It was. Yeah, man, we, we've that had was a good some time. good conversation. Yeah, it's been fun, man. <laughs> yeah, we we gossiped. We, you know, it was it was good. <laughs> Sweet. All right, man. Well, it was good hanging out with you. Uh, anything you want people to know before we uh, wrap this up? Um, well, FestX was great. Um, I really enjoyed being a part of what you guys did and the lifespan of of our relationship. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you put together in the future. I yeah. know it's a bright one for, for all you guys. And I'm really, really happy for all the new beginnings of of each one of you guys individually and excited to see what the future brings. Cool. Me too, man. I'm excited to see, uh, big friendly productions. I remembered it, right? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I'm excited to see big friendly productions come together and, uh, that's going to be, man. that's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, that's it. Podcast complete. Thank you everybody for listening. Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah. Look up, uh, big friendly productions, on your nearest Facebook or social media platform sometime soon. Um, yeah, thanks again for coming on here. Thank you. I'll talk to you very soon. Cool. All right, thanks, man. man. Peace. See ya. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the podcast. Uh, let's listen to some music now. First one up is a recording. It's actually part of the original recording that we had from our first album with Festival Expressions. Uh, it's a song called Nuevo Soul. I don't know what that title means. I guess it's like a play on words, like new soul, new light. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, it was, it was a cool song. Honestly, it could have had a better title, I feel like. But there was a, uh, the ending section of it, I remember. I have a, uh, you know, like a home studio type setup and... There's a lot of software capabilities now, and you can fairly easily add uh, whatever instrument you want to using a MIDI controller, with something that looks like a keyboard for people who don't want know what a MIDI controller is, but it, uh, it allows you to control a software instrument that you can add whatever sound you want, basically. So I added some, uh, some horns, like tubas and stuff like that, doing like a New Orleans-style sort of shuffle god damn my phone keeps going off it's drew lorman calling i'm gonna call you back drew sorry for ignoring your phone call but uh anyway yeah nuevo soul uh this has i'm just gonna let the full version play so for the most part it's it's the same as what you've heard on the first album but at the very end you'll hear the horns creeping in and then the song will fade out and it'll uh you'll you'll hear the the horns play at the very end of the song Hope you enjoy it. Here it is, Nuevo Soul by Festival Expressions, Alternate Take.
I like it, the tuba. But uh, all right, next song is Let It Grow, I think. Yeah, this is uh, same deal, song from our first album. This is kind of a alternate take of it, I guess you would call it. This has got an extended solo section, but also the same, same deal as before. Here's uh, some added horns. This time it's in the middle to the whole solo section. And this isn't as uh, as tidy as the last song. This is a little bit more just dicking around. But it sounds kind of fun, you know, so I thought you might like it. 
So here it is, Let It Grow with horns and an extended solo section.
Hope you enjoyed that. Up next, last but not least, Fried Frog. This is an unreleased song by Festival Expressions. Our keyboard player, Kevin McClure, wrote it. This is always one of the band kind of favorites, but for whatever reason, we never put it out. It's an instrumental. It's very cool instrumental, though. Um, I hope you enjoy it. This is an old recording of it, actually. I think this is when we were trying to make our first album, and this was one of the studio takes, I guess you'd call it, that went unused. But it's a cool version. I hope you like it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Once again, thanks for tuning in. I love you all. I hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. I'm hoping to do uh, kind of a live, not actually live, but recorded live at uh, the Expansion Project, get some interviews with Davis and some of the other guys in the Little Rain Band, hopefully maybe get some recorded jams from the Expansion Project. Uh, And that is Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe I'll see some of you up there. For now, goodbye. Have a great week. Here is Fried Frog by Festival Expressions. (laughs) 